Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, let's go another edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Bob and Kelly, we're in the Southern Bank Corp studio here in Hattiesburg. Luke at the Southern Bank Corp studio in Laurel. Wherever you are, we're glad you joined us. And we appreciate Southern Bank Corps for all they do. Opening segment of our show every day is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. And it is a great place. I think you probably still have time to get in some tailgate catering between now and Saturday. You've experienced that before, Kelly. I have, too, at baseball. But in particular, it's delicious. And it's just hassle-free. I mean, you right. order ahead of time, and you can always count on the quality. That's why you keep going back. And let, the me, let me tell you something else, too. It's good. It's phenomenal. It doesn't mess you up, and I just want to let both of you know today that my digestive tract is fine after that <laughs> well, dominating I, yeah, performance. Well, I was going to ask about that a little later in the show, but we'll go ahead and address it now. If you listen to the show, you know we had a beignet eating contest yesterday between Kelly and Luke. Luke just won. In a, it turned know, out to be no contest. It turned out I, to I be won no in contest. all three phases, and I um, won the overtime period. Now, so. now, Kelly said he felt a little bloated after eating six big beignets. No, no ill effect for you at all? Luke? <laughs> oh, I thought he was talking to Kelly. No, yeah, no, 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 it was because the powdered sugar seeped into his skull after he poured yeah, it on top yeah. of him. So. But no, no ill effects for you? None at all. Since youth, Kelly. That's, that's what being young does for you. I must, it, it had yeah. to be it. Well, I want to thank Mo Bay Beignet for putting up with that yesterday, and I'm happy to say we're back in the studio today. On the road again tomorrow, we'll be down in Columbia, Mississippi. We'll talk more about that. We've got Dominic Quiwan, he's a leading sacker for the Golden Eagles. He's going to be on the show a little later. But right now, J.D. Byers is the play-by-play voice for South Alabama, and he's no stranger to the Eagle Hour. Always glad to have him on. All right, J.D., so the last time we talked to you, I think, was before the season started. Uh, South Alabama with a great year, 8-2, and 5-1, and one, rolling in here with a lot of momentum. With the uh, – I think my math's right. The two losses combined – Six points or five points? Somewhere in there. Uh, One-point loss at the Rose Bowl to UCLA, and then they went off to have a pretty good year. And then at home against the rival Troy, you couldn't put it in the end zone for some reason. But uh, LaDamian Webb has been uh, really good since he's been back in the lineup at running back. We'll see what happens Saturday. Big difference in last year's team and this year's is what? Gosh, I was just looking at the stat comparison and the box score. Personnel just seems like it's completely changed. Uh, a lot of new faces, however, uh, 
at key positions and have gelled really well. Offensively, I would have to say at quarterback, um, a, a transfer from Toledo that can make all the throws, very good arm, very cerebral. He's highly competitive, and that's about the, about the only thing that kind of gets him in trouble is he's so competitive sometimes he forces it. Uh, but the Jags have been able to uh, put people away. Uh, defensively, the front seven have caused a lot of havoc, but if you combine all of that into the, the biggest headlines of the difference of this team is the DNA seems to be that they understand nobody's going to roll over for them and uh, you know give up if South Alabama goes up three scores. But also the DNA of the team says they're never too far behind from pulling out a victory or you know having some clock management to put somebody away. So I think that the buy-in with Kane Womack and his staff that they believe and uh, they play very good as a unit. One of the things, one of the things that people say around here as well, Southern Miss has a lot more to play for as far as bowl eligibility. And I point out, I said, now you got to remember that the Jaguars are still in the hunt for the Western Division because of that uh, that game with Troy. So there's really, you know, if you want to play for that conference title, there's no room for error for the Jags either. Yeah, we we control our own destiny, but need help from Troy. But, you know, we got to take care of our own business, and that means winning out, hoping that ULM, who just won a road game, the first under Terry Bowden, can go into Troy and pull an upset there. Uh, and it will take a lot of help because Troy's front seven is just magnificent, probably the best defensive unit I know we faced and probably will face all year, including a bowl game. Uh, so need that help from them. They also have Arkansas State on the road. But, I mean, you know, you guys have seen Arkansas State. We've seen them. They're just out of sorts right now, and it's not a very good year under there for Butch Jones. So there's still a lot to play for. Uh, It would be great now receiving votes in the top 25, not a ton of them. But, you know, you you look back in hindsight, and it's a great teaching moment for this team in the offseason that, guys, one of the the, uh, goals all along has been, you know, get to a bowl game, win a bowl game, win a conference championship, win a division, but also to crack the top 25. And now receiving votes, you look back and go, man, if we just win those two, maybe this is a top 25 football team. And, of course, one of the other goals that they accomplished a few years ago was to beat a top 25, and that was San Diego State. But that's that's probably ancient history by now. And there's some South Mississippi flavor on that Jaguar team. Darrell Luter in your secondary, uh, prepped at, uh, at Oak Grove right up the road here. Um, and you're running back you know, from out of Jones College, so um, there'll be there'll be a lot of a lot of fans. I know a lot of fans from Mobile are coming up this weekend, JD. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think we talked about this when I was on your show right before the season or late summer, when the conference expanded. That no doubt the the league as it stood before expansion, at least in this part of the the league, uh, Troy. Uh, Louisiana, ULM, us, et cetera, were most excited about the expansion because of the inclusion of Southern Miss. And I, I think when we played the first two as non-conference, just to be able to have a game folks could flat out drive to and not you know, spend a fortune and mortgage the house to put gas in the car. It's just been magnificent. And now to be conference foes in all the sports and seeing each other several times a year is just going to be great. So I, I think you'll see them support the game. Uh, I don't think the weather is going to be chamber of commerce style in hattiesburg this saturday and hopefully the rain will hold off but um you know but football sometimes can get kind of rough you saw saw that mat game last night all of that snow well luke i know uh we're gonna the eagles are gonna do all they can to make that hour and a half drive home a little more a little miserable 
uh, on, on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. And and like JD said, talking to JD Byers, voice of uh, South Alabama. Yeah, it's it's supposed to uh, to to be cloudy. Uh, high 52, low 37, 17% chance of rain, a little wind, maybe up to 10 miles an hour. But, you know, that that's in, in some ways both of these teams have made it a point to run the football. Uh, Southern Miss uh, probably a, a little behind South Alabama. And, and actually, J.D., on, this, on one of the stations we're on today, we broadcast Jones College football. So our listeners very familiar with Damian Webb. When he committed to, to South Al last year, I said, I said, people just don't know how good this guy is. And he's almost had 1,000 yards on the year already. Who's South Al? <laughs> the University of South Alabama. I had to do that for Southern Miss Twitter. Go ahead, Jay. Oh, uh, I love it. Nobody got to hear us in the commercial break. It was a, another conversation for another time. No, but yeah, LaDamian um, began his career at Florida State, and he's been better on the road than he has been at home. Now, uh, it, nothing you can't find out any other way. You, you just look at the last box score. He did not play very much further than midway in the first quarter last game. Uh, whatever you know about his health or probability for this next game would be as much or more than I know. Um, I'm that guy that kind of likes to be the last to know, so nothing gets out. And they go, well, J.D. knew about it. I don't know uh, status on LaDamian Webb, but they really need him to be healthy. He gives you uh, effectiveness at all levels. He can be a slashing runner. He can be a punishing runner. He can accelerate. Stop and go is really good. Uh, he has great patience when he needs to, to wait for a hole to open up, or he can create his own hole and kind of be hard. He, he's so small. You guys have seen him. Uh, yeah. Short, but very muscular with a low center of gravity. So he's got great balance, and he's hard to bring down with one of those glancing blow type tackles. He really is. He was a, he's a perfect combination. In the second year of Major Applewhite's offense, what have you seen that you didn't see last year? Probably... Uh, more open in negative territory and inside our own red zone. Last year it seemed to be a goal because of the personnel they had to work with was the goal was to get out of the shadow of your own goalpost, hopefully pick up a first down or enough yardage to get off a punt, try to get field position, and play another series. This year it seems like they're fully confident and situational uh, down in distance to open the playbook up about 40 or 50% more and take some chances. And a lot of that's the arm of Carter Bradley. Uh, he, they don't feel as, you know, scared to take a, a, a throw over the middle or to the boundary where many people would, you know, think risk, uh, you know, third and long from your own 18, a, a, a turnover. And you don't want to do that. But I, I see that part of the game offensively for Major Applewhite being a lot different from a year ago. JD, you got a few more minutes you can spend with us? Sure. I'm here. Okay, J.D. Byers is the voice of uh, the University of South Alabama football program, and uh, he's going to continue on the Super Talk Eagle. I want to remind you, though, we're going to be in Columbia tomorrow. The midday show will be broadcasting there, the Eagle Hour, and then uh, good things with Rebecca Turner as Columbia gets ready to kick off their big annual Christmas uh, festival. And uh, we're happy to always be a part of that kickoff. So uh, the Eagle Hour in Columbia tomorrow afternoon. We look forward to that. And it's such a big deal, Bob, that I guess President Biden uh, congratulated the people of Columbia when he was in Cambodia. Unfortunately, he was in Cambodia. Oh, okay. okay. uh, Yeah, that's uh, Maybe we'll do a segment on that a little later. (laughs) All right, we'll have more with J.D. Byers next.
Southern Miss to the top. And don't forget, you can hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast, and many of you do, any day on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net sponsors this segment of the show, and we're very happy that they do. Was visiting with Miss Kathleen yesterday after our event down at Mobe Beignet, and uh, she's as sweet as ever. And boy, Kelly, they they're packed with merchandise. They're ready to go. Campus Bookmark. Well, Christmas, you know, obviously right around the corner. And if if you've already got your shirts and sweatshirts and all those sorts of things, man, they've got chip platters, they've got grills, they've got license plate. I mean, everything that you can possibly put a Southern Miss logo on. They've got it there. So keep them in mind when you're doing some of your Christmas shopping for your favorite Eagle fan. There you go. We're going to hear from Dominic Quiwan here in just a few minutes, a leading sacker on the Golden Eagles, delightful young man from Minnesota. Another one, I asked him about what is the deal with Minnesota. He had no idea, but he found it a little odd. As well. well, he's glad he's, if like J.D. was talking yeah. about that Mac game last night where there was a, a blizzard going through there. I'm sure he's glad he's down here today if no, no other time jd byer still with us a uh, voice of uh, south alabama jaguars jd I, I think here in hattiesburg we do think that will hall is probably a year ahead of schedule and what we were looking for out of uh, progress of the football team i i, I would think down there that uh, that the thought is that is that maybe your coach is a little ahead of schedule as well is that a fair assessment oh yeah i I think it's right at expectation now. I don't know if we expect it to be eight and two at this time, but the you know the the campus leadership and administration and uh, we're we're sold on him from the get go because it's not his first stop at South Alabama. He's very detail oriented. He surrounds himself with great people. He's you know his own schedule is down to the five minute increments, and uh, he and Logan Grubbs, a very uh, proud Southern Miss alum who manages. Kane Womack's schedule, you know, they really keep that thing tight, but uh, they're process-oriented. Um, and, you know, I can see where Will Hall's a, whole, a lot like that as well. He and I have a, a lot of, you know, friends in common and go back many years, and uh, Coach Hall's still uh, up and coming. I, I think the, the best days are still ahead at Southern Miss if you can hold him because when it takes off, it is going to take off for the Golden Eagles. No question about that. All right, so it's official. You don't want to talk to Luke anymore in this segment since he referred to the university as South Al. Do we have can, that right? Can I, can I kind of give this, let everybody know what's going on here. <laughs> There's been a social media campaign the last couple of days uh, from Jaguar fans saying, letting everybody know they do not want to be called South Al. And in fairness, I have called, and out of respect, I've just always called them South Al. Um Marshant Kinney, one of our buddies, former player at Southern Miss, who's having a birthday, I think, today or yesterday. Uh, happy birthday, Marshant. But he's you know, also putting out there, okay, well, let's call them South Al. So, J.D., what's the scoop? What's going on with no South Al? I think it. I think the reason South Al did catch on was because anytime they, they played a television game, you know, those little boxes in the, what we call the score lower third or the score bug – is you can only fit so many characters in there. And for a long time, it was set up in a way where they had to abbreviate. So it was normally instead of S Alabama, they would put in South and then AL. And so I think a lot of people got accustomed to that. It's it's not the worst thing in the world. It's a lot better than some other options. And, and to be honest, how many of us uh, in the day, because this campus didn't start until the 60s, just knew it as USA. And uh, with athletics and the branding and trying to make it consistent, 
USA Health is still a thing, University of South Alabama and the health system and the Mitchell Cancer Institute and all of that. But as a campus, we're trying to transition to South Alabama uh, collectively. But we, we have kind of gone from Jaguars into Jags as being our mascot. And I was actually trying to play along with you earlier when you said Mississippi State was going to uh, re- rebrand as well, and I thought it was going to be Starkville Tack and Feed. But yes. <laughs> that's kind of long. <laughs> we like yes. that idea, we though. We like that, J.D. Yeah. Very good. Starkville Tack oh, and Feed. I mean, because the well, other one up that north is That is J.D. The, uh, Byers. There goes we, my Twitter. We will, no, the, we will the other publish one, his phone number at the end of the show. Yeah. The other one up north is called the University of Mississippi-Oxford, so or Oxford oh, Campus. Baby. That's what. Boy. But, yeah, we can all agree that um, the, the school in southwestern Louisiana <laughs> is still Lafayette. Is that is that right, J.D.? Yeah, I, when uh, when they kept calling us South Al there on some of their broadcasts, I went back to southwestern Louisiana. Uh, I just took it back a few more decades. We two could play that game, but uh, yeah, that that in state, wow, that that was a uh, oh down to the down to the canvas when ULM blew up and didn't like that at all, and some other schools I'm sure as well. But right now Louisiana is sticking, and that's the branding they're going with. Talking about kind of widen our gaze like we just did on with the Sun Belt. Uh, this league's been pretty wild this year. You, you, you've been in it for several years. Has there been parity like we were talking about ULM earlier, Old Dominion upset Coastal, you know, Southern Miss has played uh, in some, some, some close games. Has there been more parity uh, this year or is we're just welcoming to the party that the Sun Belt is? I think by and large it's welcome to the party because uh, week in, week out, Saturday to Saturday, it's hard to run through the schedule. And really, the only uh, you know genuinely dominant program before this year that had really been getting it done was uh, Appalachian State. They were kind of a newcomer to the block as well. Louisiana pounded their chest and said they were, but you know they were they were getting to bowl games like uh, seven and five, six and six. Uh, and Mark Hutspeth had them really rally. They were putting twenty-seven, thirty thousand uh, a, a game into the stadium down there. But a lot has changed down in Lafayette, Louisiana. Even though they won the conference last year, uh, and then App State, you know what a difference a year and a head coach or two later makes. They're they're not as dominant as they were. It seems like anybody can upset anybody. Georgia State's kind of been that uh, lurker that will run through a year, maybe barely get into a bowl or just miss a bowl, but year in, year out, they pop a few people and always give you trouble. So it's a it's a hard uh, it's a hard conference to predict really. Yeah. Um, no question. On on the on the other the other hand, uh, you talked about, you know, Appalachian uh, coming back down to earth. Which one are you most excited about coming into the East? I mean, we were James Madison's story was pretty wild. You know, they're still having a tremendous season, but I mean, it just seems as if we all thought that that the East was going to be stronger, and it seems as if possibly with Troy and you guys that that the West is making a case just to be as strong this year. Yeah, right out of week one, I think is where everybody started trembling because you had the Marshalls and the Old Dominions and the James Madison and Georgia Southern going to Nebraska and winning. Uh, but I was most excited, maybe just because I like the movie, but Marshall, I, I think a lot of people were excited about having that brand in because we were also in Mobile anyway with the, the bowl game played here. We were accustomed to Marshall uh, coming in as uh, that representative a, a few times. So that, that brand has some uh, cachet. The, uh, and, you know, the James Madison thing, uh, we've seen some FCSs bump up and get into FBS by way of the Sun Belt. 
uh, and Georgia Southern came out just on fire when they joined the league, and they were running the double wing and the, the triple option. But it really caught up with them, and that's an FCS to FBS transition that sometimes you think, man, they're about to have to fund more scholarships. But the scholarships they had and how they were able to get guys on scholarship and, and, and split things up, that that sometimes puts you over the hump and the bar early, but it catches up with you about three, four, five years down the line. So I wasn't amazed that James Madison came out as hot as they were. I think they've proven in the last couple of games, though, that you know it's a long season in FBS. You, you know it takes a lot of scholarship players to get through a year. All right, JD, game uh, for it's set for two thirty. Going to be the NFL Network. That should uh, that should be a good broadcast, and uh, you're expecting a good contingent of uh, Jaguar fans up here. Is that right? Yeah, you know they they travel well over to anytime we play Louisiana. Maybe not so much ULM, but we always take a big crowd up to Troy. And if you look in that circle, uh, number one, geography and mileage is well within reason. But then also the matchup. Uh, I, I think going forward, it won't matter uh, for the life of this series if somebody comes in two and eight and somebody else is eight and two, or they're both three and seven or something. I think always this is going to have a lot of buy-in from both fan bases just because of the uh, the proximity and the history between these two programs prior to football because they, these two right. have been playing basketball and baseball for a long time. And I know we're glad to get you on the baseball calendar for three-game series instead of midweeks home and away. Right. I, I hate that y'all are losing La Tech because that's always been a real good one between the Golden Eagles and Bulldogs. No we got a, we got a home-and-home home non-conference with them this year yeah. and yeah. Tulane. Yeah. And, and you were and are those weekends or midweeks? Midweek, midweeks. And, and you uh, you were referencing Louisiana Lafayette there just a second ago. Have I got that right, JD? Southwestern Louisiana. Southwestern yeah. Louisiana. <laughs> that, that, that's it. All right, buddy. Thanks. It's always fun having you on the Eagle Hour. We appreciate your time. Anytime, I'm here, man. I'm I'm glad to do it. All right, JD Byers, everybody. Southwest Louisiana, the voice of the South Al. Jaguar. Be nice. Man. I really didn't mean I said it, but I'm glad I said it because I heard all of Southern Miss Twitter roar when when we said that. Uh, the University of South Alabama will be here. Okay. All right. Yes. And, uh, we, we, one thing we won't hear is the bags are full of Jags, and that's never that's never a pretty sound. So we don't have to worry about that. Well, hopefully, once the Eagles beat them, the Jags will be in the bag. <laughs> It'll be the other way other way around. All right, we'll be right back. We're going to hear from uh, one of the leaders of the Southern Miss defense and take a look at what teams are actually becoming bowl eligible. How many bowl games are there? And do six wins really guarantee Southern Miss a bowl game? All of that next. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, our thanks to our buddy J.D. Byers, play-by-play voice, South Alabama. I think he does baseball, basketball, and football. And uh, frequent guests on our show always uh, enjoy our conversations with him. Fourth Street Bar and Grill. It's a great place to have lunch tomorrow. Catfish it's Day. Friday. That's right. That's always so good. Uh, 
nine ninety five for all you can just about eat. That includes your drink and your tax, and it'll be a great place. You know, if you decide for whatever reason you can't make the game uh, Saturday afternoon, I guarantee it'll be all over the TV at Four Street Bar. And, and it needs to be noted, Bob, that what you get at Four Street Bar and Grill and Catfish is Mississippi grown catfish. Good catfish, it's, too, bro. It's none of this stuff that comes no, in from no. China. No, and trust a guy from the Delta who knows catfish, good catfish yes, indeed. at the Four Street Bar and Grill. One of the great pleasures I've had uh, this football season is uh, meeting a lot of these kids, doing these interviews every week, and uh, another great week for that. Uh, Dominique Quiwan is a senior from uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. He leads the team in sacks. He has eight and a half sacks uh, so far this year. He's done very well uh, in that regard uh, in his time here at Southern Miss. Uh, junior college kid that uh, transferred here a long way from home, but uh, has kind of found himself a home here and uh, had a good conversation with him Tuesday morning about his career here at Southern Miss. Here's what he had to say. Dominique, uh, leading the team in sacks. You've been kind of a sack guy since you got here. Uh, fun hitting the quarterback? But uh, Yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. Uh, sacks are like sacks are kind of like touchdowns to me, so they're, they're not easy to come by. So when I get one, I kind of I get excited and, and you know they're 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 kind of hard to get. So yeah, they're they're fun. What is the secret? What, what is the sauce to get uh, through that blocker and get to the quarterback? Um, it's kind of it's kind of like a thing that's hidden in plain sight because you you kind of have to be able to do it and and not everybody can can bend that corner like like a lot of people like me can but if, if i if i did say there was a secret it would be just making sure that they that you get your hands off they get your hands off of you and stuff like that and just bending that corner make sure making sure you can attack the uh high shoulder of the quarterback Great year for the defensive uh, side of the ball. You guys have really played well throughout the year. It's got to be pretty gratifying uh, your senior year to be part of such a good defensive squad. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a while. You know, we, we've had a lot of ins and outs. And, and luckily, by at the end of my senior, at the end of my senior tenure, um, I was I was a part of something that we had built on last year, and and just along with me and my other me and my other teammates that have been here before this coaching staff, you know, we we've built something great, and it didn't really matter who was who was behind us. It was just it was all about just trusting the guy next to me and and being being there for them too. Uh, and new defensive linemen, uh, a number of those those guys have really helped pick things up. Yep, absolutely. Uh, the the guy they're they're down the line with me, so I have to be able to trust them and and make sure that that they're doing their job with me covering down or just rushing with them. You know, it's it's very helpful to have guys that can that can help me open up spots to me for me to make plays, mm-hmm. and I I also help them set up things too because. A lot of the times, the O line slides to me or brings strength to me, but that that also opens opens it up for them. So, right, long journey uh, from where you started in high school here. Tell us about uh, how you how you came to Southern Miss and the and the road that got you here. Um, it was it's it's a really long story, but you know, uh, started off in high school. I, I didn't play football until my until high school, really my freshman sophomore year. Um, and going going through 
just going through football, just playing. I didn't know what JUCO was. I didn't know what anything was. And by the end of my senior year, I was just didn't want to play. I mean, I, I was just didn't play football anymore. And uh, Al Weston reached out to me, and I and I saw it as another opportunity. Uh, went there, did my did my time there, and Southern Miss had already had two other teammates that that were here before me, so it, it was kind of a comfortable move to to come here to Southern Miss just just to be around some familiar faces and and to help me get along with with the school and the area and stuff but again it's it's a really long story there's a lot of details that's missing but you know yeah how has life been for you here have you have you enjoyed your stay and, and your tenure here on the football team uh it's been good I, I've been able to be around people that could push me and and help me get get to the best best I can be um it's it's a lot different because I'm just not around. I'm not around people I'm used to, but you know, I, I, as I got more acclimated to to the area and the people, and just everything else, it's 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 gotten a lot better. Have you, did you ever get used to the humidity? Uh, yeah, I did. I mean, it, it gets humid down here, but so it does in, in Minnesota and Iowa. So. Yeah. All right, last question. What is this Minnesota Southern Miss thing? Baseball players, football players, there's almost like a pipeline of uh, young men from Minnesota to Southern Miss. Uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird because all the guys from Minnesota that are on the baseball team, I don't really know. But I know there are, like, baseball players that are on the team, and it's like, okay, well, football players and baseball players coming straight down here. I don't, I don't know what's going on, but, I mean, <laughs> it's helpful. It's, it's helping the team. It's helping us put put Minnesota back on the map. So, All right, Dominic Quiwan, uh a senior, number seven. Look for him this weekend. He's been a good player, leading soccer on the team, and uh, we need him to show up Saturday, Kelly. That, that's been the most consistent part of the Eagle team. This year, you know, has been that defense, and we've documented it, you know, here for for quite a while. But it is interesting that Minnesota pipeline. He, I'm sure, he would have gone on to say, "Look, even if I w- didn't get used to the humidity, it's a fair exchange." When I, you don't have to shovel humidity right, at four right. o'clock in the morning. You know, yeah. six three, two hundred fifty five pounds. I don't think there is a morsel of fat on his body. He is a he is quite a physical looking young man. But uh, as as you heard, very. Very nice, very polite, very articulate young man. All right, Luke Johnson, uh, Kelly and I were, were analyzing this. It's always dangerous when Kelly and I analyze anything. But uh, we see three teams from the league that are locks for bowls, Troy, South Alabama, Coastal. We see two more teams who are already, already bowl eligible. That's James Madison and Marshall. James Madison can't play in one. They can't play in a bowl game. I they thought they could play only play game. in the championship game. They're eliminated from. They, they can't. They're not eligible for postseason play right. either. So you still have this weekend. You have App State, Georgia Southern, Louisiana Southern Miss that could become bowl eligible this weekend, and you still have Louisiana Monroe and Georgia State with an outside chance of getting in a, a bowl game. So we think there's seven tie-ins. Is that correct? That, so does the six and six guarantee you a bowl game, or do you really need to win these last two to be sure? Well, I mean, you just for for win's sake, win the last two. Kind of the the projections are kind of split on that. USA Today does not have Southern Miss um, in theirs. However, the Athletic does. Athletic has Southern Miss 
against Rice in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. But, yeah, just kind of how it stands. Four have actually already qualified. Coastal, Troy, South Al, and Marshall. Georgia Southern needs a win. App State, Southern Miss, and and Louisiana. Um, Georgia Southern uh, probably has the, the toughest road. They've got Marshall and App State um, left, uh, but both of those games are, are at home. Um, so, you know, they, they only got to get one of those to, to get that just like us. I would say, obviously, next week probably a, a, a better opportunity to win than this week, although this game is winnable if Southern Miss should do it. I, I do think this is where it factors in. We, we are a good, good bowl product in the group of five. Uh, bowls have had great experiences with our with with Southern Miss. They know our people can travel, and we were joking during the break. There's actually one prediction that's got Coastal Carolina in the Myrtle Beach Bowl, 20 miles down the road. And one of the reasons somebody might project that is they can't even get you know people in their stands at home. So you're looking at you know uh, uh, when you when you look at that, how many tickets can you sell? And Southern Miss would probably bring more fans than other teams. So if it comes down to two teams that are six and six. Southern Miss probably gets the nod simply because they can sell more tickets. And this is all hypothetical, obviously. This is where, this is just for entertainment purposes. But the USA Today reference that you just made, Luke, does not have the Eagles in there, but they do have Louisiana. And I've if, if that were to shake out that way, I would have a real beef with that because, number one, the Eagles beat – and, again, if both teams finish with right. the same record. Right. The Eagles beat Louisiana and – the Cajuns have not been getting near the crowds. You think Southern Miss has a problem with crowds. Louisiana, nobody's going to the games. You know, so, and it is, bowls are a business. And I agree with Luke that Southern Miss would be a much better draw than Louisiana in that particular comparison. Louisiana's got, got they only got uh, one conference game left. They play Florida State this weekend, and then they go to San Marcos to take on Texas State, which is a winnable game for them. I don't think that that Lafayette would or uh, Louisiana would go. I don't think the New Orleans Bowl would take them. New Orleans Bowl is going to take Coastal or, or um, you know a, another team that that can be better than that. That's the only bowl that makes sense to get the, some sort of a crowd. But again, like you said, their home crowd's been pitiful this year. All right, Georgia State's at James Madison this weekend. Uh, Old Dominion is at App State, South Alabama here, of course. Louisiana Monroe at Troy, Arkansas State at Texas State, Marshall at Georgia Southern, Louisiana's at Florida State, and Coastal and Virginia canceled because, obviously, of the shooting there. All right, we'll wrap up the Eagle Hour after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment on this Thursday, brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. On Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, home to Luke Johnson, 52840, com. Luke Johnson, Kelly Center. Bob Getty from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel News and Notes, Southern Miss Beach Volleyball wraps up their fall exhibition schedule with a three-day tournament this coming weekend against southeastern louisiana and tulane tomorrow at one they will take on southeastern louisiana uh, at the beach volleyball complex uh, and there'll be matches throughout the afternoon so starting at one finishing uh, around seven 
Then uh, taking on Tulane on Saturday, November 19th uh, from 1030 uh, until about 1. So uh, catch some beach volleyball this weekend as you get ready for the South Alabama game. Lady Eagle volleyball postseason today in 36 minutes. Taking on Georgia Southern down in Foley. So uh, be sure to follow that. It is on ESPN Plus. So it will be. You can, as you're finishing up your work day, turn over to ESPN Plus and uh, and watch the Lady Eagles. Text uh, Coach Hazelwood this morning. They're fired up, and uh, we wish them the best against Georgia Southern on this afternoon. Disappointing night last night for the Lady Eagle basketball team. Eli Grayson was in the lineup, but Lady Eagles uh, pretty abysmal in the first half. Um, and uh, we're, we're down to Ole Miss uh, pretty good at halftime. They lose 92-46. Joy Lee McNellis tweeting out, I'm very disappointed in our first half performance. It shows none of our true attributes. We are tough, but we have to get tougher. We have to fight back or throw the first punch. And then in Joy Lee style, she said, we will rise again. So they'll bounce back. They're 1-2 on the year. After losing to Valparaiso over the weekend, they will take on North Alabama tomorrow night in Reed Green Coliseum at 6 p.m., that game on ESPN+. Plus. It was, uh, let's be honest, it was a bloody night for the women's basketball team. They, they hardly scored in the first half, and I don't think indicative uh, of the team. Uh, Grayson was back, but according to what I saw Joy Lee Wright this morning, she's not in game shape, and... And, and she has to get, you know, and she mentioned that to me in the interview I did with her at her office a few weeks ago, that that's a really important aspect of the team is that particular player has to be in game shape and able to go a lot. And, and really, there, there's three, there's really three elements to a college basketball season, I think. There's the quote-unquote preseason. That's where you get these exhibition games and these games that, aren't going to count toward your conference standings. All right, so that's season number one. Season number two is your conference slate. All right, that's where you've got to be clicking on all cylinders because that's where you get your seating for the conference tournament, etc. That won't start for the Lady Eagles or the men until just after Christmas. Of course, then there's the postseason, which is the conference tournament and potentially you know going on from there. Um, but while the ladies are struggling a little bit, the men are headed to Lynchburg, Virginia, to take on the Liberty Flames. Liberty again? Again. I mean, we just can't get rid of Liberty. We play them in football. We play them in basketball. We are playing them in baseball, you know, this coming spring. And uh, they are the newest member of that, the old conference that uh, that we used to be a part of. And there's no telling how good that this basketball team, like, say, you get some wins under your belt, like, and as well as they've played, you know, it's it's not inconceivable that this team could have a real they could they could win more games in the preseason prior to conference play than they potentially won all last year. May very well do that. And it looks like that uh, Alvarez is not going to be out a substantial amount of time, which is which is good. That's kind of the social media reports. Uh, I think Big Gold Nation also. I think Heath put out something the other day that he was not going to miss extended time. That's huge for the Golden Eagles because it always seems. And Jay Ladner talked about this earlier in the year. It was when the Eagles went to Montana last year that Tay Hardy, you know, got put out for the year. Well, the Grizzlies are coming back here just prior to uh, conference play beginning. So that kind of puts a time frame on things. Uh, but, man, wouldn't it be great for the men to continue to roll like they do, like they have been rolling 
as they head into conference play between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how we missed this, but yeah, this is the tweet from Big Gold Nation. Uh, this was actually November 15th. Injury update. Neftali Alvarez's injury is not severe per source. Alvarez will be week-to-week going forward is the best-case scenario for the Golden Eagles. Yeah. On another subject, uh, Sander, I just got a, a text from one of our show contributors, and apparently there's been a political development in the country. Biden and Fetterman will be running as a ticket in 2024. It says Biden-Fetterman 2024. The logo will be, it's a no-brainer. Oh, <laughs> Golly. Thank you for that contribution to the show. Wow. <laughs> I'm glad you said it, not me. I, I'm just repeating what one of our, well, you, what our contributors said. You can't me. fire right. yourself, you know. We, 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 usually don't, we usually don't quote schools from the other, the, you know, people from the other schools, but to quote Lane Kiffin earlier in the week, can't sue me for something somebody else says. Or Thank can't you. find me for something Thank you somebody very much. else says. Uh, how, about, how about J.D. giving that new imaging to Mississippi State? That was what was the Starkville tack and what was, oh, you get a kick out of that, don't you? Happy like birthday, Marshan uh, Kenny. Yes, forty-eight today. I kind of like that. Forty-eight, forty-eight, forty-eight. That's still a brick. It looks like he can still play, doesn't <laughs> yeah. it? All right, live in Columbia tomorrow. We hope you'll tune in. Until then, Southern Miss to the, to the top. top. Keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the Mississippi Media Production.